It is time to zone in on all things pet related because Pete the vet, Pete Weatherburn, is back in with us in the studio. If you have any questions for him, get them into us right now because he'll be here for the next while and we'll put your question to him. Uh, hopefully we will anyway. We, we tend to get many, many texts every week so we'll try and get through as many as possible. 53106 or if you want to come on the line as well and talk to him directly you can call 1890 Pete, it's always good to see you. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon now. I know, it feels. It always feels like morning to me on a Saturday. <laughs> Saturday's a lazy day. It's probably morning for lots of people tuning in. They're just after getting up as well. Mm. But um, this is obviously, it's August. A lot of people have either gone on their holidays or are heading away on their holidays. But of course, when you have a pet, you have to think what you're going to do with them when you head away. It is one of the um, things you should think about when you get a pet is making some sort of budget plan for this because it's quite expensive. And if, you know, if you're going to wait for two weeks, it's going to cost, I don't know, 15, 20 euro a day to have your pet cared for. That is a fair chunk on top of your holiday budget. Mm. Um, and there's lots of different options out there and I thought it might be good just to touch on a few of them. Yeah, I remember asking you before, one of the other times you were in studio, what if you're working all the time, you should get a pet that don't get a pet? Mm. If you're working all the time, there's no, there's no point. So the same applies, I suppose, if you're going away on holidays. If you can't actually leave your pet with somebody to mind for you, mm. there's obviously no point, really, in getting one because, you know, it's... It's, it's too it's, big a tie. Too big, too a, big tie. a tie. Too big a tie. But, so but for those who do and who love their pets, and there are mm. many of those out there, mm. and uh, it's a wonderful thing, obviously, what do, what do they need to do when they're heading away on holidays? Well, I, I think the first thing is to plan a long time in advance. If you're going away on holidays now, it's too late. You should, you should have planned... This is the peak summer season. You should really have planned this back in, in May or June. Okay. Um, because, uh, I mean, I suppose that the, the standard way of looking having your pet looked after is boarding kennels. And the best boarding kennels are booked up way in advance. Mm. So, you know, people would, when they book their summer holiday in, in January, February or March, they would actually book their boarding kennel as well. Yeah, okay. Um, and what are we talking cost-wise? Well, I, I don't, I think it varies an awful lot. Um, like, um, somewhere from, I don't know, 10 to 25 euro a day. Okay. Something like that, depending mm. on whether you've got a tiny little animal or a big bouncy dog or whatever. Um, and, you know, whether you've got one, two or even three animals that might be boarded together. Yeah. So there's a number of different options there. Um, it's very, very hard to choose a good kennel because you don't know what happens behind closed doors, do you? You, you, mm. you leave your pet there and you go away and well, what goes on then? Does anybody spend time with your dog? Do they take them for a walk? Or do they just leave them there barking by themselves? Um, you know, are they fed once a day, twice a day? What are they fed on? Mm. Um, all of these things. Do your um, research. They make a huge difference to the quality of the experience for your dog. And um, so I think um, the first thing I'd say is word of mouth is always the best way. You know, if, if you have a friend with a pet um, or, or you know somebody with, a, with an animal that um, has a good place, then that's a really good starting point. I think the other thing is there is actually a, um, quite a new organisation called the Irish Boarding Kennel and Cattery Association. And they have a website which is ibkca.ie. And w- basically they, they've got a high standard of ethics and facilities. And they, you know, they, you can be sure that if you go to one of those boarding kennels that they're going to do things right. Mm. They're not going to um, cut corners that would have an unfortunate effect on your pet perhaps. Yeah, okay. Something else that seems to be growing in Ireland now and it might sound ridiculous for some mm. for, for some listeners because it almost seems it seems very American. But mm. doggy daycare yeah, is kind it, of taken it, over. It, it is a bit of a new trend, and and it's it, it, I think it's much better than it sounds. It sounds a bit weird, you know. If, <laughs> if you're working, why you know why have a pet in the first place and and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is that 
um, a lot of people find that they are, they do have to leave their their dogs alone for extended periods of time, and that's not good for the dog. It's not good for it physically or mentally. Mm. Uh, and so, doggy daycare is a way around that. And there's a, the, the, I visited one in Sandyford, um, uh, and if you if, if you Google doggy daycare Sandyford, you'll find the one. But anyway, it's basically what they say is that the dogs go there. There's a big hall, and there's lots of dogs together. There'd be like I don't know, fifteen or twenty dogs or something, and they'd be all playing together, not by themselves, but with two or three humans there. You yeah. know, there's a ratio like there is the human creches you know so it is like a creche it would be like, like getting up in the morning instead of dropping your kids off well you could drop your kids off if you have them as well but also yeah. drop the dog off that's what they do and 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 they have activities for the dogs so there'd be people they're specifically doing particular games or training them particular things and you go up there and you see the dogs literally some of them interacting with humans and some of them playing with each other and running around and they have, they have a slide for the dogs they've got a, um, a bouncy castle they've got a ball pool they've got all these things for the dogs and the dogs go there they have a, have a wonderful time and the thing is they, only, they don't actually go every day five days a week yeah. they just go for one day and then they're completely zonked the next day because they're exhausted after all the mental and physical activity oh, so, right, okay. and it's not that expensive it's 18 euro a day so you know to have your dog entertained for that level of, of yeah, money for that yeah, length yeah. of time I think is very good value okay. so you know I think it's, 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 it sounds a bit strange at first but when you see it in practice it's not so bad mm. let's get through some texts now Claire is in Slorgan in Dublin and she said my dog is in heat how long do I have to keep her away from other dogs to prevent pregnancy okay well I always think this is kind of three weeks um, the dog starts to bleed and then there's a week when they're attractive they're not very attracted to other dogs but they're just bleeding and they're obviously coming into heat then yeah. there's a middle week that's kind of day 7 day to day 14 when they're fertile they'll stand still for a male dog and they're highly attractive to male dogs and all the male dogs in your neighbourhood will be congregating on your doorstep Right. And then there's a week after that the third week when there's not so much bleeding or whatever they're drying up but they're still a bit fertile and a bit attractive to dogs so it's three weeks from day one where you have to be very careful and she'll want to go out she'll want to run away and have fun so you'll have to do you know extra things to keep her in otherwise you know there's a crack in a kitchen door and she goes out the back garden and she's yeah. vanished so do be very careful okay really keep an eye on her and get a spade get her a spade yeah. you keep saying this do, all yeah. the time yeah. good for her to have her uterus and ovaries removed better for her health yeah you, why does that not go in with some people they think it's cruel they think it's unnecessary it's 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 not, you know it's not good for the dog but you keep saying the health benefits are are huge because you know you're limiting so many bigger problems later in life for the dog yeah. as well you, you, you prevent cancers um, you yeah prevent listen up folks get yeah, them spayed definitely. it's a big problem in this country I remember doing a run of of of, um, of stories of packages for a show I worked on years ago and I was going around pounds around the country and it was heartbreaking now I met the most amazing people running um, and there was an amazing one in Connemara called Madra as yes. well a charity set up yeah. and yeah. Uh, but uh, pet, we are we we have a lot to learn as pet owners as well there are a lot of very responsible amazing ones out there but are those as well who just let their their animals run right and, and this attitude after they're grand no they're not grand and no. it's not fair for your for your anim, for your pet or for other dogs or cats as well out there you have to take responsibility for them they can't yeah, take responsibility time. for themselves okay so. let's let's get through a few more Peter mm-hmm. uh, before because we, we'll take a few uh, break in a moment but we'll just get through a few texts before that Peter is in Limerick he said my nine month husky eats every thing that is not in the safety the safety of her radio fence I'm trying to read this text a little bit when will when will that stop please well, help I mean listen nine month old adolescent dog full of energy um, so everything is a little bit magnified right now as far as that's concerned so it's a big challenging time but I think all, all, all most a lot of dogs just love 
playing with things with their mouths. They, yeah. That's what they do. That's how they explore the world. They haven't got hands. They can't pick things up with their paws, obviously. So they pick things up with their mouths. Mm. And they just love doing that. Um, so rather than kind of getting annoyed with the dog for doing it, just accept that that's what dogs love to do and give the dog appropriate things to chew on. And, you know, there's loads and loads of really good toys. There's a particular range called the Kong range. That's K-O-N-G. And you buy them in pet shops and at vets and online as well. And they've got all sorts of really um, durable toys mm. made, made of rubber that some of them squeak some of them they've got a very long rubber stick thing that you can use to throw for your dog that's really safe to throw for your dog they've got toys that float in water um, they, they've, they've just they've got toys that you can stuff with food there's lots and lots of interesting toys and just a bit like children d- dogs kind of get bored with toys when they've been sitting around for a long time they like a bit of variety so I would go and buy like a dozen toys and put most of them in the cupboard and bring a new one out every day yeah. or a new couple out every day your dog will enjoy playing with them then put them away at night time and give them two new toys the next day and that way you can really occupy your dog's attention with, um, with stuff so that your dog doesn't chew things you don't want it to chew Okay, um, this is something actually that you mentioned during the break. So it's interesting that somebody's got in touch about this. Connor said, "I just got a puppy. He's eight weeks old. He's had the parvo, the jab, and that's it. What else do I need to get done?" And this is this is something that you yeah. said you were you were dealing with in your own vet practice. Yeah, this it's it's a very common problem, and I had a particular big crisis with this last weekend. Mm. Where somebody it was exactly that situation. They they got a, a, a pup. Um, it, was, it, was, it was nine weeks old. It had been vaccinated against parvo the week before and um, when, they, when they bought it and the, um, when they brought the pup to me last Saturday morning the pup had collapsed completely mm-hmm. it had stopped eating for 24 hours it was, and it was lying on its side its gums were white as a sheet and it was just bloody diarrhoea coming out of its rear end it was just the dog the puppy was dying and I knew that the puppy's life you know I knew it needed to be on it needed to go yeah, to a drip yeah, yeah. antibiotics all sorts of treatments and I knew that um, that was going to cost a pile of money for that to be done and I said to the owner can you afford that and they said no Oh, and so they asked me to put the puppy down. Now, oh, that's terribly could I do that as a vet? No, I couldn't no, because no, I knew no, stuff no, could no, be done. No, no. So what happened with them was eventually what we did with them is we said, look, we'll, we'll do absolutely everything we can for you here and we're going to do this for you as a one-off for a special price and we're, we're going to put our souls into trying to save this puppy's life if you give us permission to publicise it. Um, and th- then we then put it onto Facebook and Twitter and we mm. publicised the saga of this puppy and little Leo then he nearly died several times over the weekend he ended up needing a blood transfusion on, on Sunday afternoon and even after that he, he, he looked like he was going to um, um, not make it but but he did make it and, and there was, there was 20,000 people logging onto Facebook and watching Leo's saga and the message I, I wanted to get out some very distinct messages sure. there through his his saga. And the first thing is, if your pup's had one vaccination, that does not mean it's protected. Um, and um, you know, the first thing you should do when you get a puppy, like the text just now, is take that puppy to your local vet, show them the vaccine certificate you've been given, and ask them what you need to do to make sure that your puppy um, is properly protected. Hmm. Um, and that's the first thing to do. The second thing to do is, as soon as you get a puppy, get it insured. Yes, and you can actually get free insurance for puppies for the first couple of months, but do it straight away because the problem is if you if your puppy gets very sick, you could be faced with a, a bill you can't afford. And later in life as well, obviously, as later, the dog uh, matures, there are going to be more health problems. It's important all the way through. Yeah. it's particularly difficult early on in life because you haven't bonded emotionally with the puppy, and so therefore. You know, it's if somebody says to you, "Look, it's going to be five hundred euros to try to save your puppy's life, and you might not survive." It's, it's quite difficult for people to make that decision when they haven't got the money. They 
what can they do? So get your puppy insured from the very start. Okay. Uh, so that's the second. Those, those are the two big messages I think that came out from 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 Leo's um, Leo saga. Mm. Leo did survive, and he's he's not, he's a lovely little Shih Tzu pet. And if you go to the the um, my Facebook page, Pete the Vet um, Facebook page, you'll see pictures of Leo. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. And yeah. obviously, as well, the message is very strong. So people are obviously logging on and learning from it, and hopefully yeah. passing it on to other people who are yeah. getting pets. Yes. Saying, look, it's really important. Do this. Get it. Get it sorted. Yeah. You're going to stay with us. We're going to take a very quick break and we have naturally a ton more text to get through. So keep them coming in as well. We'll try to get through as many as we can. 53106. Sheila Shogi here, Pete the Vet is with us. The text number to get in touch is 53106. And it's something that you've mentioned before when you've been on the show. And I suppose getting the message out there to people, if they are considering getting a pet, that, you know, going online, looking at pedigree dogs, although obviously they're very beautiful, there are so many wonderful potential pets around the country in places like Dogs Trust or Madra or, you know, um, yes, I, they're, I, I they're, think they're, they're everywhere to be found and we should really be looking at those. Don't automatically go buy a pedigree puppy um, because you know yes there are some lovely ones and some very responsible breeders but if you go to one of the rescue groups you can you, you spend less money mm. and you, you're going to get a dog which is tailor made um, really it's, it's vac- fully vaccinated it's neutered it's microchipped so you're going to save money and you're yeah. going to be less likely to get into the sorts of difficulties that, that the people who buy these little pedigree pups are going to get into so financially it makes sense and you're actually doing a good service as well because mm. there's way too many unwanted dogs in this country and rescue dogs aren't necessarily difficult animals there's a bit of a myth that a rescue dog is in some way more complicated not necessarily so there's some absolutely wonderful adorable rescue pets they just happen to fall into bad times okay let's get through some more texts I have two cats 11 months old female spade non-related I adopted them together at 12 weeks. They've always been great friends. They still play together and groom each other on occasion, though not as much as they used to. But I am slightly concerned that one has started nipping the other around her hind legs quite aggressively as well. The biter yes. is incredibly gentle and loving and all the cat and of all the cats I've had, adores cuddles and being groomed. So this really does seem out of character. She mostly bites the other cat when she arrives in through the cat flap or approaches me. Yeah. Could this be territorial? Yes. Any idea how to stop it? Well, do you know what? Cats don't actually get on that well together in general. Some cats do, especially if you litter mates that have known each other since birth, they end up being great buddies for their whole lives. But a lot of cats... Really and it sounded like they were great buddies. They, were, they got on okay, but as they mature, a oh. lot of cats do kind of fall out with each other. Oh, no. And you could have a household with three or four cats in it, and all the cats really dislike each other. And you'll notice that they, they don't hang around together. Dogs are much more likely to go into a cluster and sleep in a pile or one on top of the other. Cats are more likely to have their own spaces. Yeah. So if you've got a situation like that, you can't force your cat to be <laughs> friends with the other cat. So what you have to do is create space for both cats so they don't get in each other's faces too much. You know, so, for example, have different feeding places. Don't feed them beside each other. Have different places to feed them. Have different beds for them. Make mm-hmm. sure that they can they can live their lives without having to be forced um, to be too close to the one that's So I wonder, is that, but it's, it sounds to me, and obviously I don't really know, but reading the text, it sounds like the cat is picking on the other one, biting and all that. I mean, how would you stop that? Just literally you trying to... You just you wait, but what you, what, right. what you do is you, you make sure that the other cat can get away from the, the more aggressive one easily. Okay. So, uh, and so that, and the other cat, no, no animals want to have ongoing conflict in their life. It doesn't suit them either. And so, so the, the, the aggressive cat will be happier if the other cat doesn't come near it as much then doesn't need to feel the sense that it has to be 
um, aggressive to it. So if, if you can mm. make some sort of space, maybe, maybe even another cat flap or something, some way that um, that the the two cats can be allowed to coexist without without actually um, being exposed to each other too much. Okay. I hope that works out for you. Um, and thanks for getting in touch. Michelle said, oh, my dog is a Jack Russell Chihuahua who's now three years old. He's a great dog. The only thing is he goes absolutely crazy when anyone knocks on the door or walks past the window. He sounds absolutely vicious. But then when the person comes in, he stops barking and isn't aggressive at all. But how do I stop this? Is it because he's a rescue dog? Not because he's a rescue dog. It's because he's a terrier. <laughs> <laughs> all terriers like, that's what terriers do. <laughs> yeah. They, they're very it's, it's they're, they're, terri- they're territorial. There's ter- not much you can do there. Yes, well, what you can do is you can you can try to um, first of all, you, what's getting that dog going is the stimulation of the, the knocking or the vision the vision of the person. So, for example, you could you could screen off the window so the dog can't see people going past. Mm. That's one thing. So mm. then it won't be stimulated to bark. And to, to get it over the over the thing with knocking, what you actually have to do is you'd have to. Deliberately sets it up. You have to train your dog to sit and stay and look you in the eye. And while your dog is sitting and staying, waiting for its treat and looking you in the eye, you get somebody to knock once quietly and the dog will probably ignore that. But you then keep doing it. So it's, it's called desensitization, where you, you're getting the dog to focus on doing something else while the thing which normally irritates it happens. Okay. And then gradually make the thing that irritates it louder and louder and louder. And hopefully the dog's going to learn to kind of gradually get used to that and ignore so you have it. to put the work in you have to put the work in yeah mm. there's no there's no quick fix yeah my cat is suffering from very bad acid reflux which results in vomiting coughing he hasn't eaten in two days now and he's three years old what can I do a cat hmm this is a very unusual one. Any animal that hasn't eaten for two days has to go to the vet. Yeah, okay. You know, Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not right. Um, and there's, there's, there's simple causes of that kind of problem, but there's also very complicated causes. And, um, you know, it's kind of a rule of thumb. If, if an animal stops eating for more than a day, um, you know, there's a the potential for something very serious and you, you have to get professional advice on it. Okay, Alan said, my pup's breeder said they gave him all the vaccines and they microchipped him, but I didn't get any papers well, that's no use to back then. it up. Yeah. That's no use. So um, you, but you can check to see if the dog is microchipped, can't you? Yes. Vet. You, you, your, your vet, if you go to your vet, your vet will be able to scan the puppy, mm. make sure it's microchipped, but more importantly, or as vaccines. importantly, they know that check that the microchip is registered properly. There's no point in having a pet oh, microchip right. if it's not registered properly. And vets can check for that to make sure that that's done properly. As far as the vaccines are concerned, I'm afraid if a breeder has vaccinated puppies, I wouldn't trust that a little bit because breeders aren't trained in giving vaccines, in, in, in handling vaccines. So a vaccine could have been left in a warm car, it could have been left, it could have been put in a deep freeze. Um, goodness only knows what's happened to the vaccine. And, and, and breeders don't have any... Um, if a vet gives a vaccine, first of all, they're trained in, 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 in looking after vaccines to make sure that, that they're going to be um, effective. But furthermore, they're professionally responsible for what happens. So, you know, they, they have a ob- professional obligation um, to make sure that it's done correctly and to be sure then that your pet is properly protected. So, you know, um, Mm. these early vaccines for puppies given by breeders I think are a complete waste of time. But what you should do when you get a puppy is take the puppy with any paperwork you've been given to your vet. The vet will check the animal, make sure that it's as healthy as it seems to be because sometimes there's things like hernias and and heart murmurs and underlying problems you're not aware of. Mm. The vet will check the animal and they'll also check the paperwork and make sure that there's no, um, make sure that you're properly protected. Okay, Pete, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much again for coming in. Thank you very much. It's always good to see you. Great tips there for um, our listeners.